Right, our musical interlude opening is nearly over. And we are all three here. Oh my god, we are! Yeah. It's sad that it is an all three. Yes, yeah. it is. But what can you do? I mean... Sabotage four. Rob's career? Yeah. I tried! <laughs> Lord, help me, I tried! <laughs> Welcome to Dangerously Unprepared. I'm Simon, and joining me as ever are Jack. Hello. And Kyrie. Ah, there was an ad. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Uh, so yeah, as I was just saying before we got started, I want to talk a little bit about wrestling before we get going. Wrestling. Woo! Because this weekend I was at the Shiviva series, uh, which is an <laughs> EVE pro wrestling event. <laughs> Yeah, they, they have so many puns to their event names. So the She Won tournament I was at last time is, of course, named in honor of the G1 tournament. Yep. Uh, Wrestle Queendom, of course, is uh, named Kingdom. in honor of Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, she Viver series is obviously the Survivor series. It, it's a thing they do, and it's fun. That is good. I, li I, I like puns. Yes. But this was the first event after Dave Meltzer, he of the Wrestler Observer News, uh, had leaked the story that NXT UK talent were having their contracts tightened up by the WWE, whereas they have previously been free to uh, work independently in whatever promotion they wanted to, they were rumoured to now be limited only to partner uh, promotions, which basically everyone understood to mean progress. And um, that was kind of it. Mm. Which is, it's understandable, because now that NXT UK is an ongoing concern. They are WWE talent with a commitment. So you can see why they would do that. Yeah. So obviously going into this event, a lot of the EVE talent are NXT UK talent. So we were expecting to see a lot of people wrestle their last match at EVE. Uh, we had Ginny was on the card and she's NXT UK. Uh, Tony Storm, obviously, is very much one of the NXT UK talent. You don't say. Yeah. <laughs> and the main event was a triple threat for the title between Charlie Morgan, NXT UK, Nina Samuels, NXT UK, and Kaylee Ray, not NXT UK. So uh, let's just say that going in, the audience had a pretty fair idea how the main event was going to go. Probably to the person who can still wrestle with them, right? Yeah, I mean, that would be a, the way to go, I yeah. suppose. So it's one of those matches where you, you know the outcome, but the talent involved, you don't care. It's just going to be a great match anyway. And it starts off with a Shiviva series match, uh, in which Chris Wolf led the team of Kanji, who was debuting, uh, Little Miss Roxy, who was like having her second match, and Sadie Gibbs, who, holy shit, holy shit, what a badass... <laughs> Uh, mm -hmm. There was a spot in this match where Sadie Gibbs literally threw all three of her teammates at the opponents, uh, including military pressing Little Miss Roxy and hurling her out of the ring at them. Hmm. I like Sadie Gibbs. 
Um, but I mean, that was it was a good warm up match, you know, an eight woman match uh, took a good long time. That was a 60 minute time limit match, almost went to time limit. Ooh. And then we had Shotzi Blackheart, who was debuting um, in Eve, not her first match, but her first match here. I like her, cites Tank Girl as an influence. Um, she has attitude, to put it mildly, versus Ginny. Tark! The fashion. Get out of the tree! <laughs> cat a tree! Get it's out not a tree. my cat ruining the podcast for once. Sorry. <laughs> Cats at Christmas, everyone. Uh, versus Ginny, the fashionista. And so obviously you've got this very alternative leather jacket. She wears an um, army helmet with horns, uh, dyed hair, tattoos, piercings, the full lot. Versus Ginny, the Knightsbridge fashionista. Natural sort of opposites. And this was our first, oh, it's Ginny's last match moment of the night. And in the promo uh, before the match, Ginny says... Hell, if I ever lost to someone like you, I'd be ashamed to show my face around here ever again. At which point Rhea Ripley... No, Rhea O'Reilly. I keep I keep doing that. I keep calling Rhea O'Reilly Rhea Ripley, because I like them both. They are, I mean, I don't know Rhea O'Reilly, but Rhea Ripley and Rhea O'Reilly are similar names, and also I know Rhea Ripley. Yes. Uh, she's currently matchmaking for Eve, so she's the, the, the one who keeps interjecting and making stipulations and stuff. And she and Ginny have a storied history, so she sort of gets up with the microphone and goes, Did you mean that, Ginny? Ginny's like, Wait, what? That you'd never want to show your face around here because we could make this a loser leaves Eve match, and Ooh. I know Shotzi's got the balls for it, have you? And sure enough, it's suddenly declared to be loser leaves, Ginny loses, and leaves. And we're like, Okay, it is happening tonight. All the NXT UK talent are going. Hmm. That makes sense. Next match, Jordan Grace versus Tony Storm. Uh, match ends, Tony losing, and a... I mean, I know you're not that hot on her, Kyrie, but she is beloved of the EVE audience. I, I can imagine, I can imagine. And there was a lot of thank you, Tony. There were, it was emotional, to say the least. If you've mm. ever seen someone's last match before call-up at NXT, where it turns into thank you, whoever, at the end, and they stay in the ring... Uh, and it's that goodbye moment. It was that, very much that. And Tony left. Then we had the match that, quite frankly, is irrelevant to what I'm talking about, but I'm going to talk about it anyway, because I think <laughs> you'll both get a kick out of this, because it was the fucking comedy moment of the night. Right. Out comes the heel team for another Shiviva series. Right. Um, and then out comes the team captain of the opposing team, Session Moth. Who needs a little bit of explaining? That is an interesting name. Session Moth. Session Moth. Oh, yeah. It's uh, slang. I think it's Irish slang. Right. And it means the kind of girl you will find at every fucking after party. Right. Uh, the kind of girl who turns up to the event half cut. Um, she's like, you know how um, Carmella is the Jersey girl stereotype over in WWE? It's yes. that, but for our... Uh, equivalent subculture as it were she comes out loads of leopard print can of bud in the hand cigarette in <laughs> mouth um pink bubble writing all over her ring gear uh very bleached blonde elizabeth arden fake gold jewelry her intro music is i can't remember if it's the break from insomnia or encore en foie but it's just the break looped 
as she's throwing shapes all the way to the ring, spilling beer all over the ring and herself, the heels all look at her and go, where's the rest of you? Don't you have any friends? And she's like, I may not have any friends, but I've got a lot of children and three of them are upstairs. <laughs> Introducing! And out comes Erin Angel, who's one of the, the faces of Eve. But she's wearing Session Moth's spare ring gear. So lots more leopard print, blonde wig, more more Budweiser. Out comes Jetta. But again, also in Session Moth's spare ring gear, right. covered in leopard print, say more Budweiser, and Laura Di Matteo, also wearing Session Moth's spare <laughs> ring gear. So you've got these four girls covered head to print in leopard print and pink writing saying Session Moth all over it. Right. All with beer, all throwing shapes wildly. And the match proceeds to be a fucking Christmas pantomime. You've got the moths rolling in and out of the ring without tagging, the heels complaining, and the referee going, What? That's Session Moth. Session Moth is the legal competitor. God. Yeah. You've God. got the, the four way beer spit take, where they have the heels all locked up in the middle of the ring and they're about to spit beer in their faces. The heels duck down and they take each other out. Uh, they take out Mercedes Blaze by getting her drunk and she passes out on the outside of the ring. Uh, it was just a full-on insanity. Uh, very fun. And then came the bit that's interesting for the future of NXT UK talent. The bit that, uh, quite frankly, Eve fucking swerved us in the most glorious way. Glory swerves? Glory swerves. So, like I said, Dave Meltzer leaked the NXT UK contract information. Yeah. Title match announced. Uh, Kaylee Ray, who, despite appearing on the first May Young Classic, is not NXT UK talent, versus Nina and Charlie, who both are. And it was announced beforehand that as the defending champion, Nina had said um, she demanded a stipulation where if Charlie and Kaylee failed to beat her, they didn't get a rematch against her again. And Rhea had agreed on the grounds that Nina agreed to the same stipulation. If she loses, she does not get a rematch clause. So everyone was like, oh, this is how they're handling it. They're going to give yeah. it to Kaylee. And Kaylee's music hits, and she comes out in a tracksuit and um, fanny pack with her baseball cap on, not in makeup, not in ring gear, gets in the ring, gets the mic, and says, obviously I've not come here to wrestle tonight. You know, it's... It always hurts to say this, but I need to take some time, you know, because she's a very hardcore wrestler. So she needs time for her body to recover from time to time. And she mm. had decided she was not fit to compete in this match. Fair enough. You know, we all give her a chance, tell her we love her anyway, and then turn to each other and go, what the fuck? Because <laughs> now you've got Nina and Charlie who are both NXT UK talent. And we're like, what are they going to do about this? Right. Anyway, out comes Charlie. And before Emily can announce Nina, Charlie takes the microphone and does a little promo. I just want to clear a few things up. <clears throat> Last month, when I lost the Pro Eve Championship, it made me realise that I not only want that championship, but I need that championship. <laughs> and next month, in January, Unlike some certain someone, I will be here. Yeah! 
Why? Because this is my home. Yeah. Yeah. And you can bet your ass that I will be bringing that EVE Championship back home. We're like, holy shit, has Charlie, like, turned down the contract to stay with EVE? Which means, obviously, she's winning. Yeah. Cool. Okay, that's amazing. Out comes Nina. The match is brilliant. Absolutely phenomenal. It deserved to be the main event. Loved every moment of it. Apart from when Nina won. And there's Charlie lying in the ring. And Nina gets up, calmly takes the microphone, turns to the audience and goes, Oh, I'm sorry. Was that not the finish you wanted? Was that not the finish you were expecting? Was Dave Meltzer wrong? Are you not all the smart wrestling fans you think you are? Mm. Well, I'll tell you what. I may not be the champion you want, but I'm the champion you fucking deserve. And drops the microphone and walks out. And we're all just absolutely speechless. (laughs) It was a perfect swerve. I hope you feel very proud of yourself. (laughs) (laughs) It was a beautiful moment, actually. I really give them credit uh, for it. And if you follow me on Twitter, you've probably seen the photo of me grinning like a mug with Charlie after the event. Uh, And I had a little chat with her because I said, you know, I'm so glad you're going to be around next year. And she explained, well, you know, not as much, but I'll be doing events here and there. You know, it's... uh, I've still got commitments. And I was like, okay, so it sounds to me, from what I gathered, there are two tiers of contract. So there's the people NXT UK count as indispensable who aren't going to be wrestling elsewhere. That's Tony, that's Ginny. Mm. And then there's people who they want to keep around, but won't be using all the time and are leaving a bit open to do some independent work. And it sounds to me like Nina and Charlie are on that kind of a contract. Right. So not all of those NXT UK talent, men and women, are going to disappear from the indies right away, which is what everyone was fearing. So, you know, this is why I was saying, don't worry too prematurely. You're still going to see a lot of these people on the indies. And it looks like there's a bit of a farm system going on in the UK now. So you've got the talent working their way up. Um, and for some of them, NXT UK will be the destination and they will end up you know, exclusive to them. Mm. But there is an opportunity to work with them, but not be exclusive. And that's very promising for the future of British wrestling, I think, getting these people exposure. And, you know, it works because there are people who will see them on NXT UK and then go and see them live. And if they're working indie events, it will bring an audience to those indie events. Mm. So I think it's all very promising. And that, yeah, that finish was just, ah. Chef Kiss. That was one of the best plotted <laughs> indie shows I've ever been to. <laughs> so yeah, nice. that was my weekend. That's That was a good weekend. It was a damn good weekend. I forgot what I did with mine. <laughs> oh, wait, no. Uh, no, it's gone. Oh, I got a Christmas tree! Yay! And I covered it in Christmas lights and decorations. We As haven't put ours up yet, and Zoe put me on blast for it last night. <laughs> oh. Well, no, I'm, I'm exaggerating for effect, love. <laughs> oh. I, I love you. You're going to get blasted for it. 
It's only 13 days. Yes, she did just say that we hadn't, but I, I took it personally, so... <laughs> I'm exaggerating for effect again. Someone did point out to me... At it's work like today, wrestling, like, it's all fake, it's just for entertainment. <laughs> someone, someone, someone at work did point out to me today, they were like, oh, we're halfway there, and I was like, yeah, oh, nearly Christmas, and he went, what? And he, I realised he meant it was 12 o'clock on a Wednesday, we were halfway through the week, and I'm like, yeah, but it's 12 o'clock on Wednesday the 12th. We're halfway to Christmas! I mean, it depends when you start counting from. You're always halfway to Christmas, depending mm. on where you start counting from. Oh my god, unless it's Christmas Day. Unless you start counting from two years back, and then you're two years from the next two Christmas electric boogaloo. I don't... Uh, the point is, I have a tree, and it's got decorations on it. And I got lights all over the house. Oh. And I went to the cinema. You did? I did. I went to the cinema at the weekend. Jack, what did you do? I did not go to the cinema. Boo! Uh, I wanted to go see Deadpool yesterday, but parenting. Because it was the one night only showing. Uh, What's upon Deadpool? But you must be a parent every night. I know. I mean, you've seen 90% of the film already. Yeah. I just wanted to see the extra bits. Yeah, my take on that is, like, cinemas are so expensive now, I'm not yeah. going to pay another cinema price ticket to go and watch the, what, 20, 30 extra minutes. If yeah. that. Whereas I, I pay for a Cineworld card, but there is no Cineworld in this town. Yes. So we've got, so we've got to go to <laughs> Birmingham to use the Cineworld card, and then we got to Birmingham got to Cineworld and realised I didn't have my Cineworld card. Oh shit. So, oh, just nip back and get it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where it is. It's fucking gone. It's lost. Oh, lost no. forever. That's not no, a good thing. Well, I might as well cancel it, I suppose. At this point, if you don't have a Cineworld near you and you don't know where it is, I think that's I mean, a good time to cancel. Yeah. There's so many films I wanted to see this month that I won't be able to. Spider-Verse and Wreck-It Ralph. And... Aquaman. Yeah, Yeah, there's actually. a lot on. Yeah, and it's just like, well, I'm just going to have to wait. I keep thinking I can hear people outside walking towards the front door, and I go, oh, Ron's back. <laughs> it's fireworks. <laughs> I, I can hear these like, popping sounds, and it sort, of sounds like, it sort of sounds like sort of footsteps on, on concrete. And I realise it's like constantly going on, and it's like out the right-hand side towards my garden. So I think it's fireworks. Hmm. Speaking of movies, has a... Uh... Have I review seen the internet's reaction to the poster for the Sonic the Hedgehog movie? Oh god, this. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to lie, I I literally, I saw someone post it and I went, uh, you know how you always see like these fake movie meme things yeah. and yeah. stuff, and I was like, oh, let's go. I scrolled down and saw another one, and went, oh god, it's just showing up twice in my dash of this, someone doing this meme thing, and then I kept scrolling going, why is it still that? It took me two days to realise... That this is an actual thing that's happening? Yeah, uh, <laughs> it didn't take me two days, but I have to admit, my initial reaction was the same, was, oh, after Detective Pikachu, someone's done a fake Sonic poster. Yeah. yeah. And then I found out it wasn't fake. It was like, that's that's actually the direction they're going with this? No, that's, yeah. That's grotesque, is it the word I've come Pikachu, up with. Detective Pikachu, I guess. Yeah, Jim Carrey's Dr. Robotnik. What? I'm yeah. slightly less interested 
Jim Carrey apparently is uh, Eggman. Jim, Jim Carrey's Dr. Robotics. So is he like going to be like taking over the world, not by turning people into robots, but by like just convincing all the tiny little animals that they shouldn't be getting vaccinations? <laughs> yeah, my, my interest has gone from mild revulsion to... Well... Actually, no, it's pretty much still mild revulsion. It's just two different kinds. Yeah. <laughs> double, uh, revulsion. double revulsion. You're going to be sick in both sides of your mouth. It's it's still mild, but there's now two of them. Double mild. Yes. It's my favourite kind of cheese. <laughs> I don't actually know if double mild is a kind of cheese. It sounds like it should be, though, doesn't it? It, it? does, because double is a kind of cheese, and mild is a kind of cheese. So surely double is, mild. Is double, double cheese mild. is when you eat two blocks of cheese. No, but you got the double Gloucester because it goes through the process twice. Oh, it does! Oh my god, I haven't had double Gloucester in so long. It's good the cheese. Mild I, used to have double, I used to have double Gloucester in a sandwich every single day. So double mild, yeah, it would go through the process that makes it mild twice, making it, it absolutely flavourless. I was about to just say, it would be double mild, and then I realised that is literally what we just described. Yes, yes, it yes. <laughs> Never have I felt more fucking, at, like, is, it, is the word asinine? No. That is a word. That is a word. I'm going to go with asinine. I was being asinine. Double mild means double mild. And Brexit (laughs) means the end of May's prime ministership. Well, we'll find out in 23 minutes, I guess. Well, no, one way or the other, it means the end of her prime ministership. That is true, that is true. (laughs) Because, hell, so we are recording on the night of the uh, no-confidence vote for Theresa May, the the party no-confidence vote, which I maintain, if she wins, there will then be a parliamentary no-confidence vote. And Mm. if she somehow survives past that, she's already given the assurance that she will not lead the party into the next election. So Brexit definitely means the end of of May's prime ministership. So basically, if she manages to make make it through all of this and is still prime minister, because it's not like she's never lied about anything before, uh, (laughs) or said she was going to do one thing and then doesn't do it, (laughs) she would basically just be Rasputin. Yeah. Yeah, but like political point. Rasputin, which I guess is just Rasputin. So I'm expecting that to be announced at some point during the episode, at which point I will probably interrupt to yell about it. But yeah, anyway, I've mostly just been seeing people posting going, sorry, Tories, you voted two, month- two-, you voted two years ago for-, for May. You can't just decide you don't want it now. Just you know, now that the facts May. are in, May means May. Yeah. Yeah. But it's interesting that I should have opened with a conversation about uh, entertainment in the squared circle derived from the concept of a real sport. Yeah. Because what film did you go and see, Kyrie? I went and saw Creed 2. Shall we talk about good segue. the whole Rocky franchise? Absolutely, let's talk about the whole Rocky franchise, except let's just talk about Rocky 4 because it is the best one. <laughs> well, you say that, we disagree. Really? Yeah. Ooh. I honestly think, much like the Alien franchise, I think they decline in sequence. Uh, the first two are very much my favourites. Three is good, and four is where I feel like they could have stopped. Are you are you judging it solely as a good movie, though? Uh, yes. Oh, then absolutely I'm with you on that. <laughs> like... If, we'll we'll go into this in the in the in the like the the run up of the movies and everything like that. But like, just because Rocky Four is terrible doesn't mean it's not the best <laughs> film ever made by human hands. All right, I see where you're coming from. <laughs> I I do see where you're coming from. Um, but yeah, in terms of movie making, they decline in sequence until you reach Creed, at which point yes. it jumps up to a new high. 
Yeah. Mm. Ab- oh, absolutely. Like Creed and Creed, Creed Two does not uh, disappoint. It, it's not following on that same thing. I wouldn't. I don't know if it's necessarily better, um, but at least as good as Creed One. That is good to hear because I have not yet yeah. seen it. And this is going to be an interesting conversation because, to be frank, I haven't seen the Rocky movies in, let's be frank and use the word, decades. So my memory is hazy at best. Uh, Well, I mean, when did the first one come out? It was like the 70s, wasn't it? It was. It was 1976 was the first Rocky. Wow, you would have only been like 14 years old. I was not alive in 1976. How dare you? My bad, my bad. How dare you? (laughs) But what's interesting is it was so long ago that at the making of Creed, Sylvester Stallone was, I believe, the same age as Burgess Meredith was when they started making Rocky. He definitely looks a lot better for it, though, doesn't he? He does, yeah. Burgess Meredith did not take care of himself. Bless, but it certainly sounded that way. Oh, bless him. It took me ages to figure out that he was the same person as uh, the Penguin from the old uh, Adam West yeah. Batman series. Yeah. Just, just imagine this, just like, you're going to eat lightning and crap thunder. <laughs> <laughs> so for those not aware of the Rocky films, I guess there are people who aren't aware of them. I feel like the Rocky franchise is going to be is one of those things where like people are probably going to be very aware of it through like pop culture osmosis, yes. but maybe not a lot of people have necessarily seen a, a Rocky film. I think that's fair. Yeah, um, it's just sort of one of those sorts of franchises where you keep hearing about it. Like there are certain films I've never seen, that, but I could probably tell you everything that goes on in them just through pop culture. Like I've never seen Citizen Kane. I have never seen uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still. I've never seen Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Um, and so forth. Hmm. I could probably tell you what happens in every single one of them. Probably. Yeah, that's We should fair. do an episode on that. Uh, yeah. Actually, that's an interesting concept. Films we've never seen, but feel like we have, because we watched The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that has a lot to answer for. Yeah. But, yeah, basically, like, if, if you look at Rocky through pop culture stuff, and then you go and watch the first film, there's a bit of whiplash there, because, like, you look at it through the lens of pop culture, and it's all, you know underdog fight of the lifetime big pageantry and like it, it's all about the boxing and the showmanship and the big uh ticker tape and uh, montages all the the musical montages and then you watch the first film and it's like quite a quiet look at working class uh philadelphia in the 70s yeah see this was going to be the first thing i bring up um for sure is that we all know Sylvester Stallone. Mm. Mm. Like, he is the Expendables dude. He's the Demolition Man dude. He is, Cobra. He is a action hero. And he's lumped in with that sort of set of 70s, 80s action heroes. And one-time porn star. And one-time porn star. But he wrote this. Like, Stallone has the writing credits on an Oscar-winning movie. And it is, as you say, tonally it is not what you would expect from the big action hero star. It's so, like, intelligently written. And, like, he's writing it, he stars in it, he loses. Spoilers. Yeah. Like, Rocky loses. I think, to me, that's what makes the first film. It is absolutely all about the kind of the underdog fight. He only just loses. It goes to like a... a it's a split um, decision. 
yeah, it's yeah. a referee decision. It is. It goes um, to time, and that's like what makes it because, uh, like, it is the fight of the decade or whatever because yeah. it goes all twelve rounds, and it is you know, it's Apollo Creed, who is fucking amazing. Uh, Carl Weathers is just yes glorious versus Rocky Balboa, and it's like. I find it fascinating that Stallone wrote himself the Rocky part. Like, Rocky isn't the best boxer. He's not. He's also such a a weird character. Yeah. Mm. Like, yeah. he's so socially awkward. And, like, he's not... He's not stupid. No. That's, he's like... But he's just very odd. And a recurring <laughs> theme of all of the movies is he makes poor, poor decisions. Yeah. Like, he's not... He's not stupid, but he's not smart. Yes, that's that's a good way of putting it. Like he's he's smart enough that when he like later on in other films when he has kids and stuff, when he has a son and he's just basically trying to make sure his son doesn't become a boxer. He's like, "No, no, no. Do the smart thing. Go get an education, do all this, like don't don't do this." He's smart enough to basically go, "My life probably would have gone a better way had I not been doing this." Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> um but yeah, he he writes himself as this underdog who doesn't win who it's kind of homer's boxing strategy speaking of the simpsons yeah, yeah. like you can just keep hitting him he will not go down he's not gonna yeah. he's not gonna outbox you but oh god is he gonna outlast you he's a big box of meat yeah and so yeah the i mean we're skipping to the end here but yeah that fight is a full time limit match Mm. And at the end of it, like Rocky comes away with a detached retina, and Apollo Cruz has cracked ribs and internal bleeding. They don't shy away at all from the, the, what the makeup boxing is. The, the makeup yeah. work on every Rocky film, when it comes to like the, the the damage done in the boxing, has always been absolutely outstanding. Yeah, like for a film that for a film series that is not really necessarily about the boxing so much as it's about the boxers, like. They really go all out with just like showing you how much damage is done. Yes, they it's it's somewhat glorifying it because it's, you've got the whole celebrity lifestyles going alongside it, but it's also really showing how shitty it is. Because like this is what you have to go through, um, and yeah, like the, the whole point of the first Rocky film is that he's not supposed to be able to go past. I think it's like the third round or whatever it is. Like Apollo Creed's going to knock him out in two because he is the world champion. And he's just going to fight some nobody. Yeah, we're just, talking world gonna... heavyweight champion versus this guy, who yeah, he's he's just an up and coming, you know, lefty boxer from Philly. Yeah, he's got he's no real claim to the fight. Really, I can't remember no. why Apollo agrees to fight him. It's it's Apollo's I think it's Apollo's manager's idea where he's basically just like he wants to just basically put on an exhibition match of like he can beat anyone he's like beating all the the great fighters around the world he wants to basically make someone's name mm. by picking a guy and being like look I can beat anyone and just it's it's like the whole like uh, million dollar man thing from wrestling it's the kind of I'm just going to show how much of a heel I am and really get my name out there by just picking someone who's really easy to beat and beating them in like twenty seconds oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. It's essentially like a real world squash match. And that's where the kind of the victory comes in is that Rocky doesn't win the match, but he also doesn't lose. He doesn't get knocked out in 20 seconds. He doesn't get out in the second round or anything like that. He he goes the distance. 
Um, fun fact as well, the, the, the original ending to that that uh, Stallone wrote mm. is that, because you know, he's a, he's a lone shark in the first film. Mm. Um, working for like, I don't know if he's necessarily like a, a mafioso or anything like that, but like, there's a very well-connected man that he works for. I can't remember the name of the guy. Yeah. Um, who basically in the original script uh, offers Rocky a lot of money to throw the fight. Yes. Yeah. And in the original ending, he agrees. Um, and quickly to address C. Windsor's comment in the chat room, uh, I don't like boxing. <laughs> We're going to talk about the Rocky movies. Not a fan of boxing as a sport. Yeah. I wouldn't watch it. Uh, just as The Wrestler is oh. a film that isn't about wrestling, yeah. um, Rocky is not a movie about boxing. Boxing is the backdrop for a character piece. This is very much a character piece. Um, if you enjoy filmmaking, if you enjoy character performance, then yeah, you can absolutely enjoy the Rocky movies without enjoying boxing. And depending on what sort of a, an experience you're looking to get out of it, you'll you'll enjoy the different films in the franchise in different ways. Yes, yeah. Rocky so, One and Rocky Four are very very different films. I love them <laughs> both, but in very different ways. Like Rocky One is just a really really smart movie about like the shittiness of being in working class Philadelphia in in the seventies and trying to get out of that. Yeah, and just it's it's it starts off being a very bleak film and. All the characters in it are very... There's there's no characters in it that are just all good or all bad. I'd say it remains pretty bleak. Yeah, there are a lot of bleak moments in a lot of the films. It's very grey. Morally first one and is, visually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a character like, like uh, Adrian, who is who's, uh, Rocky's squeeze, yep. who is very sort of... Um, shy and retiring also very socially awkward but in a very different way mm. um her, her brother paulie who is a a violently angry alcoholic yeah paulie's not a nice guy he's, he's not but like mm. he oh it's so confusing because like he is still a protagonist he's not like in any other film franchise he'd become the villain <laughs> yes because he is clearly an asshole like he's borderline physically abusive i believe oh uh, yeah yeah, yeah from film. what i remember yeah um, but like, as the things go on, he becomes essentially like the, the comedy relief sidekick, which is a very strange thing. Um, you've got like Rocky going out on a date with, with Adrian in, I forget if it's the second film where he's like going on a date and he proposes to her in the, in the zoo, like he hires out the zoo. Yeah. That's the second oh, one. Cause he, he yeah. he's rich by then. Yeah. Uh, cause is that the second one? I think, I believe so. Yeah. Where he gets, where he gets married to, yeah, to Adrian. Yeah, I think that is second. Yeah. Yeah, which which does come up in in Creed two. It's one of my favorite little back and forth in that film. Is is uh, I, I'm not going to spoil anything, but it's, it's Adonis asking Rocky how he proposed to Adrian, and it's like he, he's in a bit of a rush, and he's asking um, Rocky how he proposed, and Rocky's just like, "Well, uh, we went to the zoo. It, it was snowing, and I walked around. There was like a tiger, and he had snow like all over his back." And Creed's just like. Okay, can you get to the point of the thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm getting there, I'm getting there. But it, that's just the way he tells a story. Yeah. And he'll just ramble on. And it's my kind of, like, he always has a ramble on in a kind of kindly, mad old man kind of way. Um, and it's just adorable. There's, again, another, another little exchange he has in Creed 2 where he basically talks about going from Philadelphia to Los Angeles. Mm. And you expect him to talk about the flight. And he goes, yeah, you know, it's, it's three days on a train. 
Saw a lot of countryside. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, even Mickey, his trainer, is very much of the school of tough love. Yeah, like smashing shit into your stomach. (laughs) You're a bum. Yep. Oh, he's amazing. He's that that proper just sort of tidy, angry, venomous little man. Um, Just yelling at you whilst he's... uh, um, it's, like having, it's like having a little Popeye at the side of your ring. I oh wow! Kind of, I, I've sorry, just read a thing that the Invictus Place put in there. That's really interesting. Um, that uh, that Bert Young, the the actor who played Paulie, wanted to like sort of put himself in his father's shoes uh, as this sort of this abusive alcoholic, just to like as a sort of kind of a pathos, I guess, to it. Like, whew. yeah, that's. I hadn't heard that either, but that is an interesting take on Paulie. Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to go back and watch the films. I'm gonna, I, I mean, I, I love doing movie uh, marathons and stuff, but that is... Uh, I'm going to go back and watch those now. Um, I feel like yeah, I film, might have to watch these through again before I go and see Creed 2. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to spoil the endings of all the films, I think. I, probably. Um, like, Rocky won, I mean, he doesn't win the fight. To be fair, fight, the but... endings are either Rocky wins or Rocky loses. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like it's the road along the way. Like Rocky, Rocky two, he eventually wins and becomes world champion. Woo! Yeah. So Rocky one, like the it is as as we've said, it is this working class dude. Like that's why you get the famous scenes of him chasing chickens, punching meat slabs, uh, yeah. running up and down the stairs in Philly. Um, he doesn't have a training gym. He doesn't have the money for a dedicated training regime. This is literally a guy doing whatever he can. Um, and nearly makes it. Uh, as I said, you know, the ending, I just want to revisit that, yeah, so Rocky ends up with this smashed-in face, including a detached retina, and Creed ends mm. up with the cracked ribs. Uh, mm. Ironically, uh, Stallone suffered the cracked ribs in filming, and <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Carl Weathers broke his nose. So they actually had them, uh, they had the opposite injuries to their characters, which is kind of a fun little bit of trivia. But yeah, the filming was pretty tough. Not, <laughs> as, not yeah. as tough as the actual <laughs> fictional boxing, but still, Jesus. Yeah, and then, so we go to, like, Rocky Two is very much, not not a remake of the, of the same film, but it is kind of like the more traditional underdog movie in that, you know, he wins. Yeah, it, it's Rocky and Apollo again, champion. even though, you know, they said there would never be a rematch. Yeah, at the end it's, of it's essentially, people get to Apollo, which is kind of, the the theme of his life is people get to him yes. and you're like yeah but like you won but you didn't really win because it came down to a judge's yep. decision and that guy was a bum you were supposed to put him out in 20 the seconds the theme of rocky's life is hey rocky you lost all your money we'll pay you to fight and he's like oh give a fight then and the theme of apollo's <laughs> life is hey apollo you're not as hard as you think you are and he's like fuck you i'll have a fight yeah it's, they're both goaded by different things and it is very much his downfall, uh, but we'll get to that. Uh, Rocky Three kind of flips things up a little bit because it's it's uh, Rocky loses the world title. Oh, we're just skipping right over Rocky Two. There's very little to say in Rocky Two that it's it's very uh, much yeah, treading it's kind the same, of the same it's just, film. It's just he wins. It's, yeah, he, he gets married. It's some very nice romance scenes that are still very socially awkward. They really are because <laughs> <laughs> it's it's yeah it's like two introverts. Trying to have a like, trying to sort of explore that world. Um, one who literally ha- keeps mentioning that he only understands things. He like, he, d- he can't socialize with people. He just knows punching meat. 
That's, that's <laughs> all he knows. And Adrian O'Neill like, understands like her abusive brother and animals. That's, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, it's not entirely untrue. Yeah. All right, so we'll skip to Rocky Three, which... Which is where you get a very big change in the dynamic of the film. It's also where it's you where... get Eye of the Tiger. It is. It's also where Stallone started uh, directing. It's also where you I get believe. Hulk Hogan. Ah, uh, Thunderlips. Thunderlips. <laughs> oh, yes. But yeah, yeah, you're right. This one is actually directed by Sly as well. And yeah, it, this is where you get all those, those so montages two, coming in. To... Did, he, did he direct yes. two? He didn't direct oh, the didn't. first one, but he did direct from then on. Right, okay. I, ah, see, I didn't know. I, I thought he, for some reason, I thought he came into it in, um, in the third one. Because that's where you get the big tonal shift towards, like, it's the running on the beach in the crop tops yeah. film. It's it's him and Apollo Creed becoming best friends, um, and 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 sadly, uh, Burgess Meredith. Uh, sorry, not Burgess Meredith, but Mickey dies. I was going to say well, Burgess Meredith is dead, so I guess that's... <laughs> but, uh, Burgess has died. Burgess Meredith was not dead at the time of filming Rocky Three. No. no. <laughs> um, so so Rocky loses his his mentor, his v- v- angry little mentor. Um, but we also get a new villain turning up because the first two films, well, I see villain, like a new antagonist. Like the first two films we had, we had Carl Weathers being uh, Apollo Creed. But now they're who, on the same side. Yeah, training up Rocky so that he can defeat Clubber Lang. Mr. T. His first movie, I believe. I think you're right. And I saw a really interesting thing about Mr. T uh, today. Mm-hmm. Which is ironic. I didn't know we were going to be talking about this, but I hadn't seen this before. Uh, and I really liked it, which is why he's called Mr. T. Yeah, I saw this as well. Is this the thing about, like, so that people have to refer to him as Mr.? Yes. Yeah. The exact quote is, I think about my father being called Boy, my uncle being called Boy, my brother coming back from Vietnam and being called Boy. So I question myself, what does a black man have to do before he's given respect as a man? So when I was 18 years old, when I was old enough to fight and die for my country, old enough to drink, old enough to vote... I said I was old enough to be called a man. I self-ordained myself Mr. T, so the first word out of everybody's mouth is Mr. That's a sign of respect my father didn't get, my brother didn't get, my mother didn't get. It's a Damn. hell of a quote. Mm. And um, very different from the normal pity the fool comments that come up whenever <laughs> you talk about him. Yeah, he is just sort of like, most people see him as a walking catchphrase. Yeah. And, and rather than First this... name Mr. <laughs> Middle name period. Last name T. <laughs> in the same interview, he was talking about why he wears his hair that way, and it's actually in reference to an African tribe. You know, he said yeah. it's not punk, it's not mohawk, it is African, um, mm. and it's a specific African people who wear their hair in that style. Like, it was a very thoughtful and intellectual interview for a guy who I've always thought of as his character from the A Team. I found it interesting that when he was saying about the hairstyle, it wasn't that they do it for religious purposes. They actually did it because it was the fashion yeah. of this and, and the gold, yeah, he's like, turned yeah. the, the chains his people were put into, into gold. And, you know, people ask me, is it heavy? And he says, no one ever asked my ancestors if their chains were heavy. And like, this was seriously deep shit. And I was like, yeah. I have a lot more respect for this man than I did this morning. A lot Absolutely. more. I didn't disrespect him. No, I thought he was a great really entertainer, so. but now he's made me think, and I'm like, holy shit, Mr. T, you are the man. <laughs> Salute to him. And he plays a very interesting antagonist in this. He does. Who is basically coming at it from the, he's sort of 
the Rocky of this film. He's he's you know been training really hard, but he's never had anything handed to him. Mm. He is now the underdog. Yeah, I mean he has like the reach and the weight and the strength on Rocky. It is a real interesting reversal of Rocky as a character because at this point he's been champion for a few years now. Uh, mm. I believe this will be his eleventh title defense as champion. Yeah, uh, against he's won Clubber. like ten matches and yeah. So he's he's got money now, which is the thing he's literally never had, not to this degree, and yeah. he's got respect, and he's famous. You know, he is now what Apollo was in the first film, mm. and he has a, a charity match against a pro wrestler called Thunderlips, called Thunderlips. played by Hulk Hogan, who at that time was working in the WWWF, the Worldwide Wrestling you Federation. Might be right, yeah. Uh, I, this is a fun fact I found out recently uh, when listening to a podcast that was like a biopic of Hulk Hogan and all that sort of stuff. Well, not a biopic, but like how to how to Hulk Hogan. And they pointed out a very interesting thing, which was that this is this being in this movie uh, got him to some serious shit with Vince McMahon Senior. Oh, because this was 1982. Yes, kayfabe had not been really sort of broken at this yeah. point. And Hulk Hogan loses his match in this movie. That's true. Which Vince McMahon Sr. was very, very upset about, because he felt that it devalued Hulk Hogan. But wait, this was 1982? Yeah. Actually, looking at his career, he wouldn't have been working for Vince at this point. No? No. Uh, looking at um, Terry's career... Terry Bollier, yeah. He worked with the WWF until 1980 then there is a period of time until 1983 when he returned a year later where he worked for the AWA and did some work in New Japan but he was not working for the WWF between 1980 and 1983 ah I've just noticed I've looked after filming his scene for Rocky 3 against the Elder McMahon's wishes Hogan made his debut in the American Wrestling Association he filmed it in so he filmed it in 81 ah so that's why he stopped working for them and he left <laughs> uh, because, interesting because yeah, he lost he was like you can't go on in a, in a, you can't be in a movie and lose it will devalue you as a, as a performer mm. and uh, C. Windsor asked didn't he debut in 85 no no he didn't um, that's when he got big that's when he you know metaphorically speaking yeah. not not steroidally that's, speaking that's when his <laughs> run began for sure but he'd actually worked like i said um in the very late 70s as classy freddy blassy or classy freddy blassy depending on how you want to pronounce it um and then he did a run wait he was he wait what he worked for freddy blassy oh sorry no he worked with he did oh, okay. a run with uh, Freddie managing him. Right, gotcha. I was like, did Freddie own a company at that point? <laughs> um, and then uh, 1983 is listed on his Wikipedia page as the rise of Hulkamania. So that's when he started really building up. And then it was just a solid wave of success. And racism. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, enough Brother. about Terry. We don't like Terry. Yes. We don't like he, Terry. He is just a wrestler who gets beat the shit out of early in Rocky Three, and that's quite satisfying. They bill him as like seven foot eight or something <laughs> well, crazy like I that. Mean, to be honest, that's not any more outlandish than the actual heights and weights people are billed at in wrestling. So 
No, and I suppose Stallone isn't like very tall comparative to most sort of you oh, know Hollywood I'm action stars. I'm being told I might want to check the news. As oh, I predicted, uh-oh. Theresa May has actually survived the party confidence vote. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I, I predicted she would. Um, although I said it was going to be a close one. It's actually not that close. Mm. 204, 117 yeah. against. So look for a parliamentary no-confidence vote tomorrow, I guess. Because <laughs> that we'll suggests see. that there are 117 Tories who will vote against her, and that's quite a big majority in the House to actually bring her down. Yeah. But let's not derail too much and talk about politics. Mm. She is clung Just... on by the nails again. <laughs> oh, we are a laughing stock of the world. Yeah, we are. Yeah. But, anywho, anywho Rocky, Rocky three. 3. Boxing. Boxing. Fake boxing. boxing. Running. Fake Three. boxing, but real running on the beach in crop tops. And real running on the beach in crop tops. Yes, that was all true. Yeah, that was... Uh... Oh, also this is the film that introduces... Um, uh, Rocky's son. Yes. Uh, Robert. Robert Balboa. Yep. Robbie. Rocky and Robbie. Yeah, who who really just has lines, I believe, in four. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I don't remember anything about five. So when we get to that point, you might have to cover for me. Uh, I also don't remember anything about five. Or indeed Shit. the Rocky Balboa movie. I legitimately... When I was walking home today, I, I was counting out the movies. I mean, I'm forgetting one. I really forgot that they did... A sixth one that was just called Rocky Balboa. Yeah. In that same time that they did another Rambo film called John Rambo. Yeah. Like there was just that period of we're just gonna make films where we just list the character's name. And I think it only lasted those two films. It was just and then they ran out of things. Unless they were gonna do like a reboot of Cobra and like John Cobra. <laughs> I'd watch John Cobra. Anywho, Rocky f- four. <laughs> So three. yeah, Rocky, th- Rocky three, Rocky gets his title back. He beats Mister T. Yes, yes, he does. Rocky four. Wait, no, you can't skip past three that quickly because it ends with. Not only does this feature "Eye of the Tiger," perhaps the most iconic song in the Rocky franchise. Yep, it ends. Not the best song, but the most Rocky iconic. Rocky three ends with the most iconic scene in Rocky movie history. Oh, the sparring match. Yeah, so. Ding, ding. The the main event, as it were, the match with Mr. T, is not the finish of this movie, as the uh, the the main event matches have been the finish of Rocky One and Two. In this one, after spending the movie training Rocky, um, and you know they're becoming close, good friends, Creed and mm. Balboa, they agree to have a private sparring match, um, back in the training gym. Uh, because it's it's the rubber match, you know. They faced each other twice. They've both got one win. They want to know, but just between them, doesn't have to be for the belt, doesn't have to be for money. Just between them, they want to know who's the better man. And the film literally freeze frames as they both throw the punch, and before the punches connect. Yeah, mm. which is it's very much a uh, homage, I believe, in like every single JoJo's Bizarre Adventure episode ending, <laughs> which will always just freeze on a particular moment to be continued. <laughs> it's it's amazing, um, and it and it leads into the best film in the Rocky franchise. See, this this is exactly why I was like, you can't skip past Rocky three that quickly if you want to talk about Creed later, because of course one of the big things about 
Creed as we finally find out who won that sparring match. We did. Well, we find out who Rocky tells Adonis won that match. Like, I, I, I wouldn't put it past him to necessarily lie about that. I'm not saying, you know, as a, like a bad person he would do no, it. No, but, but to like, make Adonis, to pump Adonis up. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I would totally put it past, I, I would totally see him doing that. Uh, yeah. I like to think that it was Apollo I, that won. I believe, yeah, I believe it was Apollo. I believe it was Apollo as well. Because, yeah. just because of going back to those early movies, the character Rocky was... I feel like it's more fitting if he lost to Apollo in that match. Yeah. But then there's the character Rocky is in Rocky IV, which is <laughs> something else entirely. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, they brought Dolph Lundgren and Brig- uh, Brigitte Nilsson into the cast. What the fuck were we expecting? And they are amazing. <laughs> I mean, they are. They are. Like, this is by far the campest of the Rocky movies. Oh yeah. It is by far the most over the top of the Rocky movies. <laughs> it's the one where Rocky buys Paulie a robot wife. It is the one where he It's the one where Rocky buys Paulie a robot wife and perhaps more pointedly averts war between the Soviet Union and America <laughs> with a boxing match. Yes, he solves the Cold War with his with fists. his punching. Oh. Well, that's the thing. It's not even with his punching. It's with his words. Those things that Rocky his has been famous words. for. <laughs> what the hell? That Rocky is, so is amazing. It, see, this is the thing. It is um, like, and when I say it's amazing, go, I mean it leaves me amazed that it got made. <laughs> yes, like right from the get-go, essentially. Uh, you have the Soviet Union wants to put on a match of their best boxer versus the United States' best boxer. So in this case, it would be Rocky versus a man called Ivan Drago. Dolph Lundgren. Who is Dolph Lundgren, who is Swedish, playing a Russian. (laughs) Um, Because he's European, he's fine. That's basically Russian, right? Um, I will also say, like, you know, fucking uh, chemistry professor Dolph Lundgren uh going up and 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 yeah he is essentially this giant soviet superman and Dov lundgren's wife in this ludmilla is played by Brigitte nielsen i had no idea she had a name so you got the swedish and... ivan drago and the danish ludmilla <laughs> yeah um i'm not sure uh, we'll get to creed 2 in a moment but um yeah basically they come over and uh, i forget why but basically they don't end up well, so they, I'm not saying that Brigitte Nielsen was also fighting. Although, uh, to be honest, I wouldn't put it past her. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, so Drago does not fight Rocky, he instead fights uh, Apollo Creed. Yes. Um, and there's a lot of, they basically goad him into it by basically saying, like, we don't want to fight this has-been. Yeah. Because that and, is how you goad Apollo. Well, yeah, you, and there are they, so they many also ways to like, goad Apollo, as we've learned. <laughs> yeah, they, they managed to get him with like the most understated uh, fighting talk ever. Which is like, you know, it's, it's, well, you can only describe it as a read. It's like, it's supposed to be a compliment, sort of, but you can only take it as an insult where like the manager, the fight manager saying, you know, Apollo is one of the greatest fighters the world has ever seen. This will be a great victory. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just Apollo going like, whoa, whoa, you actually think you're going to win? Like, this is supposed to just be a freak charity, like, show off match. Yeah. Um. And then they have a match, and you have... The lead into it is fucking amazing. (laughs) Because you have, like, 
uh, Ivan Drago <laughs> entering the ring on like his little elevator thing. Like, it, this is, I mean, by this point, like the WWF was kicking off, and I think they looked at WWF entrances. And went, what we want is living in America, we want Vegas showgirls, we want fucking America pissing out of people's eyes. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's amazing, because you've got Ivan Drago just standing there in silence, looking so bewildered at everything, <laughs> as an entire Vegas dance number comes onto the stage. And fucking James Brown is there, singing Living in America, while a giant golden bull appears. Yeah like a giant statue of a bull's face, and then it cracks open, and Apollo Creed comes out wearing a giant American top hat. Yep, that's a thing that and, happened. And, and tailcoat with his with his American flag boxing gloves. And it's just, oh my god, it's incredible. It kind of is. In the, I lack the credulity from. to believe it happened. And we've gone, we go from those moments where it's very realistic, but like kind of movie style boxing match of Rocky yes. 1. Movie style, but still realistic boxing match in Rocky yes. 2. The kind of, oh shit, maybe Clubber Lang is a bit too strong for Rocky of Rocky yep. 3. Rocky 4, Apollo Creed, they do the, the, the fist bump handshake thing of boxers mm -hmm. where they like smash Touch gloves together. Touch gloves. And Apollo like does the smash down and you hit it has like a comedy someone hitting a wall sound effect of punch <laughs> as he does it. And like <laughs> Dolph Lundgren's hands don't move and he doesn't flinch, he just stares at him. You've just got this look coming over Apollo Creed's face of oh shit. Yeah, Drago no sells the touching of gloves. <laughs> <laughs> and the match goes poorly. I mean to um, say the least, Drago yeah, fucking Apollo kills him. <laughs> Yeah, Apollo does tell Rocky, no matter what happens, don't stop do not the throw match. the towel. Yep. Yeah, don't stop the match, don't throw in the towel. And Rocky thinks about throwing in the towel and doesn't do it, like a good friend yep. said he wouldn't yep. do it, and Apollo dies. If he dies, just straight he dies. Up dies. Yeah. As Drago puts Drago it. Drago is... He's fucking to scary. To establish him as the villain. Yeah, he has very few lines uh, in this film, but they, they, they get home the point that he is a monster. Yep. He is a dragon. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, Apollo dies and, and Rocky lives and has a long drive uh, to the tune of uh, the actual best Rocky song, <laughs> uh, which is No Easy Way Out by Robert Tepper. Um, and he has a long driving montage, not a training montage, but a driving montage where he remembers I all the good times he had with Apollo. I think you'll find it's a thinking montage in a yeah. car. Yes. Yeah. As he goes through a tunnel and thinks about all the times he spent with Apollo. Whilst going through like a running tunnel. running on the beach. Imagery. Yeah. Well, and they're, as they're hugging each other in, in the sea <laughs> in crop tops. I'm not, like, I'm just, I'm looking at this through very shippy eyes, but that's just because of who I am, you know? I mean, it's easy to do with this montage, to it, be honest. It's quite romantic in a way. It really yeah. is. It's, and then he goes home to his wife. Yes. <laughs> and, and then he's like, I'm going to go and fight Ivan Drago. Yeah. And that she's like, why? <laughs> so he can't really give an answer. A lot of the times that is what the back and forth is between Rocky and his wife. Is, I'm going to fight this man. Don't fight the man, Rocky. I'm going to fight the man. man. Well, if you fight the man, I'm not going to be there in your corner. Okay, fights the man. Adrian is there in yeah. his corner. Like every yeah, fucking that's how it goes. Film. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it turns out that the, the, uh, the fight between Rocky and Ivan Drago 
will be in the Soviet Union. And it will be in Moscow. Is it unsanctioned? It is. Oh yes, it won't be for the belt. Yeah, and it also um, won't be covered by any of the uh, worldwide boxing authorities. Hence, completely unsanctioned. Yes. And it's taking place on Christmas Day, I believe. Uh, was it Christmas Day? It was definitely Christmas. Yeah. Um, in Moscow. Yes. And what this leads into is one of the most interesting things I've I've seen in a film. From a filmmaking and storytelling perspective, Rocky Four does something really weird, and I'm not sure whether it's really clever or really cynically stupid. Okay. Right. Now, in an action movie, specifically like a very American 80s action movie, but it, it goes off you know, throughout time since then, really. If you need to show that someone is the good yeah. guy, you need to make him or her or them technologically inferior to the bad guy. It is right up there with they need a dog. If you want to show someone is the good guy, you give them a dog. Right. If you want to show that someone is the good guy and they're going up against a clear bad guy, you need to make the good guys technologically inferior to the bad guys. Sorry, the good, yeah, make the good guys technologically inferior to the bad I'm guys. I'm not sure that holds true. Yeah? Well, Rambo, definitely technologically superior to his opponents. Hmm. The colonial marines and aliens oh. are technologically know, like mostly... superior to their opponents. I'm actually with Rambo. I would say, like most of the time, he. I'm talking about Rambo One here. Mm. Ah, he's I'm making. Not. I'm shit talking out about sticks. Rambo ah, okay. as a franchise. Okay. <laughs> Rambo, right. Yeah. Okay, First fair Blood enough. is not a Rambo movie. Although that said, a lot of times he's on his own fighting up against you know helicopter gunships and shit like that. Mm, fair. Okay. Fair. I know. I mean, also things like um, Star Wars. Yeah. Well. Oh. Okay, <laughs> let's get into it, right? Yes, let's. Oh, yes, let's. Rebellion, <laughs> rebellion ships, specifically the X-Wing mm. and the Y-Wing, um, yep. have the capacity to mount both a hypergenerator and a shield generator. TIE fighters mount neither of these things. They were not yep. technologically inferior, they were numerically, numerically inferior. Uh, they actually had the better tech. Mm, yeah. Okay. But I totally Return see where you're going with this, but I am arguing the toss. Yeah, Ewoks. What, are they the good guy, though? <laughs> well, I mean, they're working for the Rebels, and they are all also they're not essentially for the Rebels. They're working in the same place as the Rebels. Yeah. They also so threaten to they eat are... the Rebels. Yeah, but then they get over but, that. Yeah, fair. I mean, they, are, they, they get a double whammy, because they are essentially, you know, puppies <laughs> that are technologically inferior to the bad guys. Anyway, the point being... You've got to show that Rocky is technologically inferior to Drago. You've got to show that the American is technologically inferior to the Soviet and Union. And they definitely do do that. Which is weird because the amount of films that go to go on, go off to show how amazingly awesome well, the American military is and so on. That they're showing yeah, Rocky this is, this is what... as an individual versus and he is... the Soviet Union. Because let's let's be honest, yeah. Drago is not. I will be. I'll be right That's back. Fair. Sorry, I will continue this point, and I'm sure you know what this point will be. Uh, so <laughs> you can answer it without having heard it. Um, Rocky is an individual with like a trainer um, in a foreign mm -hmm. nation, training yep. with. He's back to his roots. You know, he's lifting heavy things. Basically, is what he's doing. Heavy things, steps. Yep, yep. All that all kind of homegrown stuff. 
Whereas Drago is not an individual preparing for a fight. He is an agent of the Soviet Union with the entire backing of the nation's wealth and scientific community behind him. We are talking steroids. We are talking 24-7 medicinal monitoring. We are talking Olympic-grade trainers. We are talking robots. We are always talking robots. So it's not a comparison of the Soviet Union as a national power to America as a national power. So you don't have to undercut them in that way. It is Rocky versus the whole Soviet Union. And that is a difference. Yeah, you basically have uh, Draco being given everything in his training regime versus Rocky being given some bits of farming So they don't have to admit American inferiority in any way. They have to admit the inferiority of one boxer on his own in a foreign land training for an unsanctioned fight versus the entire superpower that is the Soviet Union. <laughs> I just thought it was kind of interesting just having having that mm. in there. Like I'd love to I'd love to do a side by side comparison of Rocky Four and Top Gun at some point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> just yes from upstairs. Well Top Gun they were again technologically superior. Uh, what the, the Russians? No, oh, no, 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 the what? Americans. Oh. The Americans are or are they? Because you've got the MiGs. Uh, MiGs are pretty fucking good, I'll grant you. And that's all you really see of that the Russians. That is true. Is the yeah, in terms of pure fighter to fighter, the MiG is slightly better. You're right. Yeah, yeah. it's it's. If, I think we could do a whole movie on just the Cold War and stupid <laughs> American movies. Yes, you could easily do that. Holy shit! We could do a whole show on that. I would be more than happy to do that. Anywho, uh, then Rocky gets visited by Adrian. Yep, because she said she wouldn't be in his so corner if he was going to fight. Was. Yeah, uh, and then he goes to fight. Drago, and it's like the comparison of the entrances in the first fight to the second fight. Yes. It's just the Soviet Union national anthem, the, the the Soviet hymn. Oh my god, Drago's entrance is amazing. It's it's stoic and beautiful, and I'm not saying that just because like the Soviet Union, for all of its many faults, did have one of the best anthems ever. <laughs> um, and. Uh, yeah, then they have a match, and Rocky is not well received no. in the Soviet <laughs> He is Union. not a popular man. <laughs> no. Uh, and he goes and he has his match. And for most of it, he gets the shit knocked out of him by Drago. Yeah. Um, who. It's very much like the first match, the first film. Like, the match just keeps yeah. going. Like, <laughs> I was saying how the training was back to the first film's roots of basically mm. lifting heavy things and using the environment. Um, and the fight goes back to that in terms of it is Rocky enduring. Mm. So in a lot of ways, Rocky Four more closely parallels the the underdog nature of Rocky as a fighter than any of the others. But... That sounds like, that's a weird sentence, isn't it? But at the it? same time, it's feel- nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because he does eventually win. You get some amazing lines throughout it. Just like, you know, we've got Rocky's uh, managers and, and trainers and all sorts of stuff sort of trying to keep him in the game. Like, don't worry, you've got this and all this sort of stuff. And you've got Drago's like saying to his manager, he's not a man, he is a piece of <laughs> iron. <love> <laughs> oh, God, when they're squaring off in the ring and he just looks down at him and goes, I must break you. <laughs> there is, those are three great lines there, and that is 100% of Drago's fucking dialogue yeah, pretty much. in this movie. Like, who has more dialogue, Ivan Drago or the Terminator in the first film? <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Um, 
And basically, like, yeah, the, the, the manager, who I think is like a member of either the KGB or the fucking Soviet government, I can't... Oh, I, it's very well maybe the same thing, I don't know. <laughs> um, who basically just gets up in his face being like, you're losing! People are booing you and cheering Isn't him! Isn't he suggested to be Politburo? Very I possible, think so, yeah. Because there's definitely a bunch of yeah. Politburo at the fight. Um, and Drago, like, picks him up by the by the scruff of the neck with all the wires hanging off this guy, <laughs> like, lifting him into the air. And he basically, he's in it for himself now. He's gone into business for himself. He's going to beat Rocky on his own terms, and <laughs> yes, he loses. He and then Rocky gives a big, teary speech about how two guys killing each other in the ring is better than, you know, 20 million people killing each other in warfare. Yeah, he genuinely does. And also, and, the, yeah. if I can change... If you can change, change. everybody can, can all change. change. <laughs> it starts off really strong, where it's just like, I know a lot of people out here didn't like me, and I, I guess I didn't know how to feel about that, so I guess I didn't like you much either. And, and then the, <laughs> the Soviet <laughs> officials, KGB, Politburo, all of them, stand up and give him an ovation. <laughs> It's amazing. All it needed was just like an afterword at the end, just being like, and so the Cold War was stopped. Yes, that's it. World that's peace was achieved. Oh, God, Apollo 4 is. Uh, Rocky 4, Apollo 4. There you go. You can see why I think he's the real star of the movies. Yeah. Oh, uh, absolutely. Rocky 4 is such a dumb movie. <laughs> it is absolutely outstandingly oh. bad. I love it so much. And without Rocky IV, we wouldn't have... Well, we would still have a Creed two, but without Rocky IV, we wouldn't have the Creed two that we have. Okay. And then there's Rocky V, which none of us remember. The only thing I can really remember about was it Rocky the, was V... It, was it the antagonist's name? No. Tommy Gunn. Oh, Jesus, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, that's all I remember. <laughs> no, the only thing I can remember um, about Rocky V is that it's the one in which his diagnosis of being brain damaged is confirmed, which oh. you know, is significant in Creed. That comes up. Um, that, that was the only thing I could remember about it, is the one where it's like, yeah, yeah, he's, he definitely had a bad time being a boxer. <laughs> um, and also that Robbie, um, Robbie Balboa is played by Sylvester Stallone's son, Oh, cool! So the father-son dynamic is is very real in that film. That's really cool. Yeah, that's literally um, all I can remember about it, though. <laughs> I'm sure there's a fight in it. Um, it's basically it's the one where he, I believe, he loses the title and he basically has a non-title match, but it's a street fight, like it's not a boxing. Oh, Jesus, thing. yes, it's the one in yeah, it's the one in the street. Yeah, yeah, it's the one with, where he and Tommy just beat the shit out of each other in the streets. I believe it's also the one that has, like, it's, it's the foreground of it is the antagonist, like, doing uh, the victory pose, like, sort of punching the air, going, yeah! And Rocky's in the background as though he were the bad guy. Mm. I could be oh, wrong. Wait, no, I do, yes, now that you've reminded me it's the street fight, I remember the ending, which is um, Tommy Gunn's trainer after the street fight, because it's all, there's, there's, you know, nothing official about this, it's just is, a fight. It, is this trainer the guy that kind of looks a bit like Malcolm X? He's got like the little round glasses and everything. Uh, What's his name? Washington. Uh, I can't remember that, but I do God. remember that he's like, if you hit me, I'll sue. And, and Rocky's broke and he's did... like, sue me for what? And just punches him? <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he doesn't punch him. He, he, 
smashes his head into a car. Yes, bonnet. that's right. <laughs> just, yeah, just beats the shit out of him going, sue me for what? I'm broke. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray! Uh, then they made Rocky Balboa. I uh, don't know, not seen re- it. Did, did anyone watch that? I don't think anyone did. I'm assuming uh, someone did, because Creed got made. Yeah, like, I like the Rocky films, but I still haven't... I own Rocky Balboa! <laughs> um... <laughs> I, I've never watched it though. Like I have it on Blu-ray. I'm I'm going to assume. I'm just going to go out on a limb, um, and say like Adrian dies in that one because she's dead by Creed. She she dies in between five and six. Okay, Paulie's Paulie's still alive. But it's Adrian, twenty Adrian, years after five. Yeah, which is weird because it was only filmed sixteen years. Yeah, after. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so confusing. Setting um, two thousand six. Yeah. Um, well, that just suggests that Rocky V was a period piece. Set four done. years before it was made. So 1986? But that would have only been one year after the match. <laughs> oh my god! We need to stop trying to figure Holy out. shit, we're going down a rabbit hole here. The timeline it's, of Rocky. It's like the fucking Zelda episode all over again. <laughs> so there's the first timeline where, where Ivan Drago <laughs> punches Rocky into the, into the evil timeline. <laughs> where Rocky, the first Rocky is set uh, nine, uh, seventy-five to seventy-six. That's Which contemporaneous is also when it was for the filmed. Film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rocky Two is seventy-six. Rocky but Three filmed is... in seventy-nine. Okay, we've gained some time there. Yeah. Uh, Rocky Three is set between seventy-six and eighty-two. So up to when it was released. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Rocky Four is eighty-two to eighty-five. Again, that covers the time in which it was released. Uh, Rocky Five is eighty-five to eighty-six. Ah, okay, oh. okay, that was released in nineteen ninety, so it is actually a period piece set four years before it was released. I was right. Interesting. And then, yeah, Balboa was set uh, set in two thousand six. Wow. I mean, that does then, actually make sense. Um, and then Creed is set in twenty fifteen. Given the kind of career he had, to say that Rocky Five would be set five years after Rocky Four is a stretch. Hmm. Uh, but he would definitely have brain damage. That. If it was, so yeah. that's, that's I'm fair. Not, I'm looking at some reviews and stuff, and apparently Rocky Balboa was actually like quite well received. So maybe I'll have to watch that. I actually did hear good things about it at the time, and I, I think it did well at the box office as well. Like it definitely made its money back because it was a low budget film comparatively. Oh yeah, for modern yeah. film making. I mean, it probably had the highest budget of any Rocky film to that point. I mean, the first one was made for just over a million, I think. No, it didn't. I've just checked, and Rocky Five had a much higher budget. Rocky Five doesn't even have any set pieces that I fucking remember. Rocky it, Four had a higher budget, but not as high as Rocky Five. Wow! Holy shit! <laughs> Why was Rocky Five so expensive? I don't know. A lot of the filming was set in a fucking alleyway. So, oh god! Did they get Tommy Wiseau to build the alleyway? <laughs> <laughs> so, what was the premise in Rocky Balboa? From what I can remember, Rocky Balboa is essentially it's the movie they needed to have, which is it. it <laughs> To, to sum up, like, movies in five seconds, it's the, man, you're 60, yeah. Rocky. It's, dude, um, you old. Yeah, it's like, I can still go the distance. No, Rocky, you you can't. It's actually it's, sort of setting up the Rocky that we see in Creed. Like, yeah, it's, he's it's opened a restaurant him, with the money yeah. he's got left from his career. Mm. He's in retirement. He is not interested in fighting anymore. He's... He's dealing with the state his body and his mind have been left in, and just trying to, in you know, after the death of his wife, mm. uh, raise his son, 
run his restaurant and just get on with life. And then he's not allowed to. Because, of course, all these films are about guys who don't actually want to fight getting talks into it for whatever reason. Yeah, that is, yeah very, very <laughs> that much That is so. the theme of Rocky, is that none of these guys want to do it apart from Ivan Draco. Yeah, until you get to, well, until you get to uh, the Creed films, where it's, uh, man, it's difficult to stop that man from fighting. That's true, yeah. I, well, that's the plot of the Rocky movies. The Creed movies are a yes. slightly different thing. They are very much their own thing. Um, uh, like, should we? I mean, should we move on to Creed? Let's, because I never watched Rocky Balboa. So okay, fair enough. We'll, we'll just be making ourselves embarrassed by doing that. Yeah. Like, to be honest, it's been a while since I've seen Creed. Oh yeah, uh, I think the last time I did was I watched it on a plane uh, on the way to the states. It's. God damn, it's such a good film. <laughs> it is a just, really it, fucking good film. It really goes back to that to the first movie in terms of it's it's about, you know, working class America again, except we're going to a very different part of America. Like it's still Philadelphia, but it's still it's so different to the first film in this regard because it's very much about sort of African American culture and very much about um the sort of, oh, I mean, like, like, right, we'll start with the, the simple bit. Creed. It is called Creed. Yes. It is about the son of Apollo Creed. Who, as I Freudianly slipped, uh, I consider to be the star of the Rocky franchise. Yes. <laughs> um, and it's basically about, you know, coming to terms of realising that your father was this great person and everything, uh, but not wanting to live in his shadow, but still realising that you're a goddamn great boxer it's like well what do i do now like because i'm i'm gonna be in this world and i'm gonna be constantly compared to him well it's that really interesting thing for adonis um for donny yeah is that yes apollo creed is his dad but apollo mm, i'd say actually apollo creed was his father but never his dad Yes, yeah. So he, they never met. He, yeah. Da, uh, Apollo, like Rocky Four and uh, Apollo's death happened whilst uh, uh, Adonis's mother was pregnant with him, um, and she was not Apollo Creed's wife. No. So he he knows Apollo Creed was his his father, mm. but he doesn't know Apollo Creed. He knows the Apollo Creed that most of the general public do. He only knows the legends. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and not the man. And it's that makes it really interesting to me, the fact that this guy, in search of a father figure, not only has a father he never knew, but a legendary father that he never knew. Mm. That adds a, a, a take on it. it. It also, I mean, like, through most of this film, he is Adonis Johnson. Yes. Like, he's not Adonis Creed for most of this film. Um, and I think that that perfectly gets summed up um, in one of the uh, the scenes right near the beginning, where he's basically been adopted by uh, Apollo's wife, Apollo's widow, I guess. Um, she she adopts Adonis, and he essentially wants for nothing because he's living in a mansion now, um, and still wants to become a boxer. He, he like drives down to sort of. It's south of the border. He goes to Mexico to fight, doesn't he? Uh, I can't remember. I'll take your word for uh, that one. It's like right near the beginning of the film. But I, I will um, say that for sure, Apollo was better with money than Rocky ever was. 
Yes. Um, <laughs> and he, he left Marianne pretty comfortable. Yeah. Uh, and Adonis is spending a lot of it on fast cars and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but it's actually, it's, it's, there's a chilling scene where he's like, he's in the, um, the private, uh, what's it called? The, the private little theater room they have, the little uh, cinema. And uh, he puts on the, the match, the uh, Rocky II match. And he does the shadow boxing alongside it, but he isn't uh, sort of mirroring Apollo. He's not mirroring his dad. No, he wants to mirror the winner. Well, that's the thing. He's, yeah, he's mirroring Rocky. He's fighting Apollo. Yeah. And it's like, oh. Like, it, it's a very sort of telling thing for this character. Like, you, he can't tell whether he wants to be like his dad or beat his dad. Yeah. And it's, and I it, mean, it's and, a bit of both. It is absolutely. It's such a. It, it's one of those movies where you, you can look at it and just be like, "Yeah, there's no clear answer here." He wants to it's, be his dad, but easy. better. Yeah, because and also, if you asked him, he would say he doesn't want to be his dad. Oh yeah, you'll get three or four different answers <laughs> depending on who you ask and where you're looking at in the movie. Um, this movie also brings in like the the, the old uh, back back to the days of uh, Adrian and all that. A massively socially awkward romance. Yes. 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 <laughs> there is for for different reasons. It's a different. Oh, absolutely. It's a different social awkwardness, but it nonetheless is, but it is cringy. Very awkward. <laughs> of of um, Adonis meeting. Uh, oh shit! Mind blanked all of a sudden. Um. Oh, I know she's played by Tessa Thompson. Bianca. Yes. Okay, I was just I can't keep calling everyone by their actor's name like I did with uh, Burgess Meredith. Um, Bianca, who is a, um, a musician that sort of works in the local area uh, in, in Philadelphia when Creed decides he wants to get into the boxing thing and going back to his dad's old stomping grounds and meeting Rocky. and it, Yeah, it's essentially like the, the passing of the torch, or it's the start of the passing of the torch anyway. Um, because one thing I will say about this was... Uh, it got one Oscar nomination. And do you remember what that one was? I do not. Do you do you remember of that year, the 2016 Oscars, the Oscars So White controversy? Oh, yeah. Now, Creed was nominated for one Oscar. Oh, shit, it wasn't Supporting Actor, was it? Best Supporting Actor for Sylvester oh, Stallone. Are you fucking kidding? Yeah, yeah, it was, wasn't it? Now... Yeah, not to take not away from Stallone, because he, oh, he was, was incredible in this. Like He's not the best actor in this by far, because you've got uh, Michael B. Jordan in there mm -hmm. for one goddamn thing. Like, it's absolutely fucking incredible. But it was a surprising... Not Actually, no, I'm not going to say surprisingly. It was a return to the subtle and nuanced performances of the first couple of Rocky films. Mm. I, I won't say surprising, because having watched Rocky 1 and 2 doesn't surprise me. It surprises me that he's going back to that when that's not what he's known for now. Mm. But I knew he was capable of it, and it was a damn good performance. Like, it probably deserved the nomination, in all fairness. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't know if it deserved the win. I'd have to have a look again at what the other nominations were that year. But that's... If I had to say that Creed deserved one Oscar and only one, that's not the one I would have given it. Yeah, that's, that's the best way of putting it. Like, it's it's... Mind-boggling. Mm -hmm. You can look like that perfectly encapsulates that fucking year yeah, does. of Oscars. Like you can put Creed in there, but only for the one. The, the like because it wasn't going to go to fucking uh, Anthony Bellew as the um, the best actor in that. So 
like the one white actor essentially in there you pick that one to be your fucking oh jesus christ yeah yeah that was um, uh that was a bad time yeah but i it's very difficult for me to gush about creed as much because i absolutely adore it but it's so fresh in my mind compared to the other films in that's a weird way of putting it like the other films have that kind of maturation in the mind because they are so entrenched in there whereas creed isn't like you know one of those things where it's going back into the classic movies section no it's it's it's, contemporary piece very much so yeah and it's still riding high on that wave of being fucking outstanding yes um everything about the music the fight choreography the camera work the acting it's incredible creed is uh, adonis is such a different character to to um rocky rocky never really had anger issues <laughs> for for everything that was going on with him he his whole thing was he couldn't really articulate what it was that he was thinking at any given moment uh he just sort of stumbled into things yes. adonis also has that problem but his usual response is to completely shut down and get angry whenever something when he can't articulate something or when he can't deal with something mm. He's a very, very complex and interesting character. And I love that in a protagonist, and he we're not meant it's not like a sort of again, the 80s action thing where the smoldering, angry good guy, like he's a loose cannon kind of thing. We're not meant to really necessarily um glorify that by looking at it like No, it, it is we, not presented as a positive or even a neutral yeah. trait. It is a problem for him to get over. And you know what? He doesn't. No. No, much like like in the first film, Rocky loses. Mm-hmm. In the first film, Creed doesn't get over it. Yeah, and like that's his fight. Is his fight is with himself and with the spectre of his dad. And I would say in the first film, Creed loses. Yeah, uh, the 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 big the big moment of that is him getting choosing to use the Creed name. Yes, um, and accepting the sort of the family legacy and everything, but realizing it doesn't mean he is, he, he is not Apollo Creed. He is mm. his own person, but that doesn't mean that, you know, he isn't a part of that dynasty and everything. Mm. Um, which is against me. That's very, very much go, goes into in Creed two. Uh, now, Simon, do you know much about Creed two? Do you know nothing at all? I know nothing at all. Okay. Do you want some minor spoilers for the beginning of the film? I do not mind. I am not someone who I I don't I don't like spoiling things for other people necessarily. Yep. But I don't mind them myself because usually my enjoyment of something is not spoiled by pre-knowledge. Uh okay. unless it's something that relies entirely on the reveal to be entertaining. And I don't think that's yeah. going to be true of Creed 2. This reveal sort of comes literally in the first few the first 60 seconds of the film, anyway. Like to go back to the very beginning of the show, if someone yeah. had spoiled the swerve for Shivaiva series, that would have ruined <laughs> the experience. Yes. You wouldn't have believed I them. I wouldn't have but... believed them. But <laughs> um, basically, the, the opening of, of Creed 2 starts with a sort of shitty, rundown um, apartment. Mm. Uh, there's a big guy sleeping on a couch, and another big guy like walks past him, like punches him on the shoulder, wakes him up. And then walks to the this balcony outside, and like lights up a cigarette, looking out over the balcony. Yeah. And this this huge mountain of muscle of a man uh, stands up off the sofa and goes outside and stands next to an aging Dolph Lundgren. Oh shit! No, I did not know this. <laughs> yeah, Ivan Drago is in it. It's Ivan Drago, 
and Victor Drago, his son. Ooh, Creed's son mm. versus Drago's son. That is basically, yeah, where, where we go with this. And, and I presume not done in the over-the-top Rocky IV style. <laughs> there's, there's some over the, there, there is some over-the-top stuff in there, but it's it's very much more, more restrained. It is a heart-wrenching film, because you've got, you again have people trying to push Apollo's buttons, sorry, Adonis's buttons. Yeah. And again, like his dad, he's not very good at not having those buttons pushed. I mean, if anything, he's worse from what I saw in yeah. Creed. He's the, the, way more vulnerable to that kind of provocation. There is there is a uh, a moment in this film where the the this um essentially the fight booker who's trying to get this thing going yeah. um is he goes and meets uh, Adonis at a uh, at a club mm-hmm. and is just being this slimy absolute villain trying to get him to agree to this fight and like. Oh, it's basically sort of getting up in it. Not necessarily getting up in his face. He's being very, very cordial about it, and you can just tell that like Donnie has got his fucking fist clenched this whole time. Like, no, Bianca's like singing on stage. This is her club. Mm. I'm not going to make a scene. Yeah. And the guy basically just is sort of smiling at him as he's sort of describing this and going, "Well, maybe you, you know, maybe you won't go for it. I understand. You know, maybe you've got sort of you've got some really good. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, you got some good survival skills there. <laughs> I mean, better than your dad, anyway. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> that's yeah. There is the the that is a low blow. It's yeah, boxing course, terminology. You, you've got the moment of the the press conference thing with the two fighters like getting weighed and all that sort of stuff, and Adonis is really he's like flexing and showing off and all that sort of stuff and like really showing oh this isn't getting to me at all, and Victor has. So few lines in this. Mm. Um, and, and Drago, Ivan does, gets so many lines. Does, does Victor have more lines than Ivan had in Rocky Four? He has about the same. He's a lot more eloquent, but that's largely, I think, because he speaks in Russian. Mm. Um, whereas Ivan actually has a few lines in English. He goes to meet Rocky to explain, "We're going to have this fight. Yeah. Um, my son is going to fight the son of Apollo." If Dolph Lundgren's in it, is Brigitte Nielsen in it? She is. Holy shit, I'm looking forward to they, this movie. <laughs> the, right, here's the thing, right? Remember how I mentioned that they were living in a shitty apartment and everything yes. like that? Brigitte isn't. Oh. No, she is living in the life of luxury and has a big fancy fur coat when you see her. Oh, so presumably her Olympics women career went better than Ivan's boxing they, career. Uh, they split, and as as um, as uh, Victor puts it in one like very, very passionate thing is, those people in there, they are the people that spit on us. They are the people that would not let us come home. That woman in there is not my mother. Ooh. I don't know her. Okay. It's very much a, like uh, a film about like coming back from uh, utter disgrace and betrayal. Mm. But that's the villain. That's the antagonist. Mm. Um. And you're this whole thing. You're like looking at Victor Drago. Okay, you're the bad guy. You are the you are the big monster. But my God, I kind of want you to win. That's really interesting. I don't want, I don't want Donnie to lose. But and yeah, Ivan is starts out being much more of a, a villain. I was thinking, are they going to make him a bit more understandable with his whole not underdog storyline, but his he's been shit on and kicked around. Since I mean, he was losing like, in Rocky Four. In Rocky Four, even it is very much shown he is an instrument of the state. Like yeah. a lot of what he was doing, he was 
especially contextually with the Soviet Union, the way it was at the time, I wouldn't describe as him doing it by choice. Yes, absolutely. It was a survival thing even then. Which is kind of tragically what his whole shtick is in this film, mm. which is him going, now it's my choice. Yeah. I get to call the shots. I get to make this rematch, essentially. Right. So this time on my terms. On my terms, and I'm not being forced to do anything. You know, it's my boy versus uh, Apollo's son. It's, oh, the the discussions between them and everything Holy is, shit. is... Does Creed 2, like, redeem Rocky Four as a movie? <laughs> It, it really made me care about the Dragos. Like, as the fight, the set, because they have two fights in this. Okay. Uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spoil it, but like, the first fight between Creed and Drago in this film takes place at the midpoint of the movie. Right. Gotcha. So I'm not gonna spoil who wins that fight, but you can probably guess. Mm -hmm. um, ten minutes after that, after Donnie wakes up out of the mini coma, um, there is a scene of him literally pissing blood. Because his kidneys ruptured. Mm. It is a fucking brutal fight sounds like it um and yeah uh, there is a point in the second fight where uh, drago basically takes his son to one side and screams at him in russian this is uh, you know they are booing us this is why we couldn't go home this is why she left us oof, oof. and you're like oh shit he's yeah he's become the screaming politburo yeah. guy from rocky four it is an absolutely phenomenal movie about like you know letting go of grudges and who is to blame for certain things and can people be blamed for certain God things damn it it is gorgeous the music is fantastic it deals with things like um uh dealing with things like uh, disability as well is another big thing because, because something we didn't touch on in the first film is that uh, bianca has, she's losing her hearing um I don't know if they specifically say how long she has left, but she is going deaf. Yes. And it's yeah, not like was... her, she's becoming hard of hearing kind of thing. It's like literally she is going deaf. Yeah, and it is very much like like how a boxer has a, a shelf life mm. uh, doing what they do. She has a shelf life doing what she has a passion for. Like yeah. the end is inevitably coming. It's that same kind of pressure. And I, I won't give away where the sort of the, the big tension for that comes into it because it's not where you're expecting and it's not what I was expecting mm. and it wasn't what the characters were expecting. Okay. Well, I, I have um, to say, but, I am absolutely delighted to hear this because um, one thing I had noticed between Creed and Creed 2, which is perhaps why I hadn't, you know, run out to see it immediately, yeah. was the first one, uh, the first Creed movie, uh, was... Screenplay by Ryan Coogler. Mm -hmm. uh, the second one was screenplay by Sylvester Stallone, who, yes, wrote the first couple of Rocky movies and did so really, really well, but th this is not 1976. This is 2018, and Sylvester Stallone's career and age have taken him in directions. And I was like, will that be as nuanced a film about a young black man as Ryan Coogler's? scripts and i was like it's yeah like rocky, rocky in this he you know how like we expected rocky would take on the role of mickey yeah he almost kind of takes on the role of um adrian huh his whole thing is i'm not going to be there in your corner i mean that makes sense he's fighting drago D i can yeah, totally see like, how rocky would be like i want no part of that 
is that you are Creed, you are fighting Drago, and you're asking me to stand in your corner and have the role of throw in the towel if it goes wrong. Yeah, not again. I can and totally not, see Rocky walking away from that. Yeah, and he's like, and you don't see that there is that I might have an issue with this. I'm not going to do it. Um, but it oh, some of the some of the dialogue they have there, like he is still the mentor thing, but it is very like the first film still had bits and pieces about Rocky, like his his illness and everything like that, the whole rushing to his bedside and mm. all that. Yeah, because he's cancer, isn't he? In the first one, yeah, nothing like that in this. Like he he is there as a. A pr- not a prop, but he is there t- for exposition of what's going on in Adonis's life, and Bianca's life, and Marianne's life. Um, he is very much a minor character in this. Like, he he's sort of just there for continuity's sake and to have a, the occasional conversation with Drago. Um, and again, he has that conversation about how how he uh, um, proposed to Adrian. Yeah. And it, it's the, there's a fucking heartbreaking line there, which is you basically realise that Rocky is incredibly erudite and has he is good with words if you give him roughly 30 to 40 years to think about it. Because <laughs> he basically he says, and I said to her, would you mind marrying me? Or would you mind terribly marrying me if that is okay? Like, which is basically what he says in the in the second yeah, film. Yeah, that sounds like, about it, right. Yeah, how he asks her how to marry him is like all fucking mumbled yeah. and, and falling apart. And he basically says, which is, I guess, my way of it was my way of telling her that she was everything to me, and she made me a better person than I had any right to be. And I'm just like, oh my god, that was in Rocky. That was in his head, but he couldn't fucking say it at the time. He was just like, would you mind terribly marrying me if that's okay? Like, fucking 40 years to come out with something beautiful. And I'm like, oh, he's so goddamn tragic. Basically, he, need, he needs a run-up, but he'll he get does, there. He does, he also, Yeah, he also has, like, lines of coming out. Oh, I will, again, it will be spoilers if I tell you what some of these other great lines are, but things like uh, <clears throat> trying to create alliteration. Uh, and not quite understanding how certain how certain words are spelled. Oh I have to say, yeah. actually, that was one of my favourite things about Creed was Rocky being slightly lost and bewildered by the modern world. It's in the cloud. That that was my favourite moment. That was the one I was thinking of as I said that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, I kind of I kind of want to spoil a thing because it's a <laughs> glorious line, but I I will be good and not okay. do it. Okay. Okay. Um. But it it is. Well, you've talked me into going to see Creed 2, for sure. Good, like, please I go and see want, it. Yeah. Now I know that this is Drago Creed 2. I kind of have to. And, and that's the thing, is it, the, the characters, or rather, like, uh, Adonis's whole shtick in this is, it is not Drago Creed mm, 2. Mm. It is absolutely not. That is not what but this is about. But that's what everyone else sees it as. Yeah, and it's also people saying to him, all right, if it's not, then why are you doing the fight? Which is a fair question. It's who are you trying to... Are you trying to prove something? And if so, who are you trying to prove it to? And that's what this one is about. It's not this kind of fear of history repeating itself. It's accepting that that is a possibility and that that might be what the fight is about. Um, Having some self-awareness. Yeah, it's it's ridiculously... When you look at it from the perspective of it's a Rocky movie, like it isn't, (laughs) it's a Creed movie, but... Oh my but god. But then again, the Rocky movies were also Creed movies. Yes. Yeah. 
That's a good point. That's a really good way of doing it. Yeah. Like a, a Rocky movie without a Creed in is what is that? That's Rocky Five. No one, no one gives a shit about Rocky Five. Yeah. We certainly don't. Oh. <laughs> I mean, so probably some people do, but we've we've established that we don't. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I'm trying to see who plays Victor Drago. Florian Montagnier. Yeah, Tenoy, thank you for following. Welcome to the channel. Lovely to have you here. Who I believe is also a boxer, much like the uh, the villain, uh, the the boxing villain from the first Creed film was a uh, was a boxer playing a character who actually did quite well. Uh, Ricky Conlon was the name of the character. I forget who the boxer was that played him. Mm. It's a British, like a, a Scouse boxer, but he was surprisingly good at his role. Uh, Florian Montianu is um, a Romanian, I believe, like, strongman, like a, just a, a powerlifter kind of thing. Okay. Nickname is Big Nasty. That, that's certainly a nickname. Yeah. Um, and if you see him, you'll understand why. <laughs> Uh, he makes he makes Ivan Drago look fucking tiny. That's that's terrifying. Yeah, one of those guys who can't quite put his arms down at his sides. Mm. Yeah, um, and they really, really, really make those fights look brutal, and the fixing yourself after those fights even more brutal. So uh, going back to that completely unapologetic look at the the brutality of boxing. Absolutely. There's, there's a, I think there's a line in the first film, uh, in, in, sorry, in Creed, the, the first Creed film, where um, Marianne is basically saying to him, like, do you know how many times I had to carry yes. your father up those stairs? Yes. Do you know how many times I had to wipe his ass? And you're like, shit, yeah. Like, yeah, that was pretty blunt. Oh, boxing's awful. It was, yeah. <laughs> really was pretty blunt. But yeah, I would thoroughly recommend everyone go and watch Creed 2. Go and watch Creed 1 first if you yes, haven't. absolutely. And then watch... You know what? Watch all the Rocky films, or at least but if you've got the to first watch, three. If you've got to like do it in a condensed form, watch Rocky One, Rocky Four, Creed One, Creed Two. That will give you that's like your primer for understanding. I would say Creed throw two. three in there um, because if you're going to get the Rocky experience, you might as well have the rematch, freeze frame, Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> So yeah, you get that shit in there. So one, three, four, Creed, Creed two. Yes, for sure. Watch them all if you can. I'm I'm gonna re rewatch them uh, before I go and see Creed two. Excellent. Please do. <laughs> I would I would thoroughly recommend it. And I may go and watch Creed two again <laughs> uh, at the weekend. I might do go try and go and see it again because I'm gonna go and try and watch uh, Spider Man and Aquaman. There's a lot I want to go and see. Yeah. So these are the things you'll probably hear about on upcoming episodes of Dangerously Unprepared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to discussing like Creed 2 when you've gone and seen it, but I really hope... I, I It's possible you might not like it's, it. It's entirely plausible. Um, but from what but you've I said, really I suspect I will like it. Um, it's not done rather well with critics, apparently. Has it not? Hmm. Uh, I'm looking at just what Rotten Tomatoes, oh, well. just because I know it's not—I know it's not the be-all and end-all, but it's—it's it's a good litmus test, I yeah. suppose. Uh, Six point eight out of ten. Hmm. I mean, that's not terrible. Yeah, sixty-seven out of hundred on Metacritic. Like, it's not terrible, but it's—it's it's not what I would have given it. <laughs> you know, and it's certainly not where Creed was rated. 
No, Creed was very, very well loved. And I, I honestly think it's as good. I don't know if necessarily better. I'll probably have to go and watch them both again. Oh no, uh, how terrible out, for you. Yeah, oh, what a shame. Um, and yeah, it's it's heartwarming. It's heart destroying. <laughs> um, very, very well acted by everyone. I can't, I really can't fault it. Cool. Glowing but that praise. might just be because I am a massive Rocky fan and I'm very, like my favourite is Rocky Four, so you know I'm willing to forgive anything. That's true. Yeah. So don't necessarily take my word <laughs> yeah, for we, it. Yeah, we do diverge opinion there somewhat. Not that I dislike yeah. Rocky Four. I appreciate it for the camp nonsense that it is. Yes. But in, uh, you're looking at it in a franchise that has some truly good movies. Like, actually right up there at the in cinematic history uh mm. and then there's rocky four which is i mean it has its <laughs> own ended, form of entertainment to it he ended the cold war simon <laughs> i know oh god but rocky one is like top three sports movies of all time probably name yeah. a better one apart from maybe raging bull speaking of boxing you know, I've never seen Raging Damn Bull. Damn good film. Damn huh. good film. So yeah. Um, you know, I never realised that uh, Brigitte Nielsen was married to Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. I did not know that. Fair enough. You've learned something today. There you go. I have. <laughs> cool. Well, there are many, many movies coming out that I'm sure we will discuss in the future. But when in the future... I'm just checking with you guys now while I have you here. Because it is Christmas. It is! Oh my god, it's Christmas! I assume we're not going to be recording on Boxing Day. But uh, are you guys good for next week? Yes. Next week, Wednesday, is the 19th. Yes, yes I'm good for Wednesday the 19th. Okay, cool. So we shall reconvene on the 19th, but we shall probably skip Boxing Day. I mean, we can do. I mean, depending on whether I'm back or not, I could try and do a stream. That could be cool. A Christmas stream. Yes. Plans and schemes. Uh, we'll, discuss, we'll discuss that more in the we future, shall. closer to the time when I know for definite whether I'm going to be in Borton on the water or not. <laughs> cool. Well, until then, until these things transpire, you have been listening to Dangerously Unprepared. I have been Simon. I have been Jack. And I have been Kyrie. Thank you, and goodbye. I thought you were going to end this with ding, ding. I'll let you do it. <laughs>